listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, the following is a journey into comics. Journey into comics. A journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. I think what would be a great trip is to Pisano's. I think. I feel like if we got like a medium pizza, a large pasta, and then that cookie thing, we would split it. It's do I? No, it's in Chicago, mm. but it's not Gino's East. It's not, you know, Giordano's. It's like this place. It, but here's the deal, though. Mm. There's not as many. And the wait time when I went, because we went Saturday night the last time um, because we were going to see those zoo lights, mm-hmm. you know, our free mm-hmm. zoo experience with $40 parking. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, well, guess what? We're fucking never doing again. Going to the Chicago Zoo, but yeah, the only thing that appealed to me was that it was winter, so I was wanting to see animals freeze their ass off, and also there was zoo lights. But anyway, yeah, no, we. I was like, Dad, we got to go to Pisano's. This place, don't oversell it. It's orgasmic. But the thing it was was that oh man, we go in there and this 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 woman was like. Hi, welcome to Pisano's. What are we doing? And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> we would like to get a table for two, please. She's like, oh, sure. The wait time's only two hours, but mm-hmm. do you want me to write your name down? I'm like, listen, I know you're from the city, so two hours seems like nothing, mm-hmm. but no. So I'm like frantically, because my dad's like, okay, where are we going? And I was like frantically like Google mapping. I'm like, dude, down the street, a place that we don't have anymore in Champaign, because yeah flat top it's i mean if you've just been to one of those stir fry where you just throw your own shit in a bowl and they stir like mm. they chop it in front of you Hibachi. but you know without the sit down they do tricks because it's a japanese restaurant yeah if you've just been to one of those franchises that's what flat top is but it's so good yeah. and we had it in champagne but we don't have it anymore now we have hoo hot which is like the lesbian cousin of one of the mongolian girls up here <laughs> That's hilarious. But flat top or free, you can add another stick because you can add like a yellow one for eggs, a light blue one for shrimp. And then one of them was a beige stick for um, this super buttery, like fluffy pita pancake thing. And it was like, oh, that's cute, but I'm just going to shotgun this and then eat my stir fry. (laughs) And it was so worth it. (coughs) The end. That's a great story. Let me guess. You were recording that. Nate, why are you the worst? It's the second time in a row you've done that. And now I'm talking and I'm filled with pizza in my mouth. Doesn't matter. It's not going to be used necessarily. Hey, though, but that's why I said the end in the mic. I mean, that could be a soundbite we use that we can throw in somewhere else. It's fine. Did I ever tell you guys where I got that from? Mm-mm. Whoa. Your head. Mm-mm. Um... So I was watching Law and Order SVU. Wow, this took an interesting turn. Well, 
I know. I don't usually, but <clears throat> there was this girl who had like one of those mental illnesses where, you know, she, she couldn't quite get social cues because she was like in her own whole, whole other world, you know? Mm-hmm. And what happened was, was she, she was like 12 and of course, she's dressed like a Mennonite because, like, her family's, like, super strict and whatnot. But the thing of it is, it's, like, some, like, crazy shit was going down, which is why it was an SVU episode. And sure. one of the things that mm-hmm. happened was, was she was in the courtroom, and they're like, Tiffany, can you please tell the court, you know, because she's 12, so they talk to her like she's five. Like, can you please tell the court what you heard? And she was like, Okay. Listen here, bitch. <laughs> she, and she and she starts like Molly fucking Shannoning in front of everyone. She's like, "Listen here, bitch." She's like, "You're not gonna tell anyone, <laughs> but I told you, <laughs> or, or you're gonna fucking get. It. I'm gonna kill your fucking daughter." Oh my god! Uh, 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 the end. Wow. <laughs> it's like. That's how I'm going to end every fucking story from now on. Oh, my God. I was like, you go, 12-year-old. <laughs> I don't think I could follow that up even if I tried. No. No, that was very when Harry met Sally. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Is butter a carb? Will you stop eating? We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Foodies Watching Movies, Season 3, Episode 2. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, as always, co-founder of Foodies Watching Movies, the lovely Miss Veronica. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just had my favorite pizza, so I'm doing better than I was earlier. Oh, yeah? What kind of pizza was it? House of Pizza. It was delicious. I haven't had it in a few weeks, so I was I was needing it today. My comfort food. I totally it's been a weekend that. of comfort foods. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Also joining us today, welcome back, two weeks in a row. Sarah, how you doing? Hi, it's a miracle. Here I am. It is. I'm glad <laughs> Sarah's on the podcast. <laughs> Here I am. How you doing? Uh, pizzaed up, and You're... I ate a lot of treats today. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just one second, because joining us for the second time uh, in the history of foodies watching movies, uh, Mr. Yuhas comes north, goes north, Yuhas goes north. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome to the fold, Andrew Yuhas. How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> welcome back. Long time. We have you up here visiting. Yes. Very excited. <laughs> and we've been having lots of food adventures this weekend, as we usually do when you come to visit. Yes. Uh, what have you been making for us? What was our favorite thing that we've eaten this weekend? Probably my favorite was the Rice Krispie Treats. Mm. I was about to say, it looked like collectively it was the Rice Krispies. The Rice Krispies went the fastest. I, I don't know if there's any left. 
don't know. I, we were I snacking no on idea. it while we were watching that movie earlier today because we needed the comfort food because it was a painful movie we'll <laughs> to get through. We'll yeah. get We've got much sure. to discuss today on foodies. Food Absolutely. and movies. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, just I, a clever title. I think my, I think my vote is going to definitely be the Rice Krispie Treat. Uh, hands down. I mean, listen, everything that was made was delicious for different reasons, but that one really resonated with me. Because it had Oreos in it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So tell us, how'd you make it? What's in it? What's going on with that recipe? So I'm going to break it down real quick, but I would like to take a quick shout out to Sarah Van Lanningham because... That's of me. The fact. <laughs> yes, uh, because of the fact that um, I have cooked many things in my life, but Rice Krispies are my kryptonite, even though it is very easy to make, but it's not for me. So again, <laughs> shout out to her because some of the things I'm about to say were based off her suggestions <laughs> so uh you know it started off simple you know i took the glass pan and i you know buttered it mm-hmm. threw that in the fridge and then the first thing that you do because this is real simple you just take a mixing bowl a fairly sized mixing bowl and you put um the rice krispies that you would later on add and then you would add um about we, we I put in the end twenty two uh, mashed Oreos. You counted them. Well, because well, it, it was supposed to be sixteen, but okay. I, I were you following a recipe from like the internet or something? I was, was yes. tweaking. I yeah, was. Yeah. This is this is a making recipe. it your own. Yes, um, I do apologize. I forget uh, what the name of the website was. <laughs> But um, it, I don't know. It, it, That's the, okay. They're not all history majors like right. you and I were. We don't have to cite our sources. Right. For this. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, no. Just the, whereas normally you would just throw the rice krispies in later in a mixing bowl. You just put um, the rice krispies. I put the recipe called for sixteen, but I felt ambitious and I put twenty one um, Oreos in it, mashed, and then. Uh, and this will come up later. I put specifically one, well, actually one and a half cups of marshmallows. So Excessive? You, I think not. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> right. The more, more marshmallows, the more, more Oreos. Yeah. So, so this bowl was set to the side for later. Mm-hmm. Right. This mixture of Rice Krispies and Oreos and mm-hmm. what else? Oh, yeah. Marshmallows. Mini marshmallows. Yes. <laughs> side note. Did you just say the more the mallower? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love Whoa, that. Whoa, I missed that. Yeah, nice. It was good. It was really good. I had to acknowledge it. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna thanks. steal it. It's mine now. That's fine, you can have it. <laughs> Thank I got you. a million of them. <laughs> I'm so funny. Okay, so step two of your recipe. So no, once you've got all the things um set, you know, the buttered uh pan and the, the, the mixture, then you start, you know, your normal crispy adventure. You know, you mm-hmm. you get the mm-hmm. you get the second It's always a great adventure. Right. Yeah. It was. <laughs> you get the second pan um, and then we put it on the, the stove top and we put in the butter and the eight cups of marshmallows because now we're starting to get the actual marshmallowy goo going. Mm-hmm. You got to melt that down in the butter. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And then once it got to like gooey perfection, you know, much like that marshmallow fluff in the jar, but so much better because mm-hmm. it's homemade. Mm hmm. Um, once we got the goo perfect, then we dumped in the crispies again, like you normally would at this point. But aha, it also has a crap ton of Oreos. 
and more marshmallows. So, you know, you're you're stirring it all together. And, of course, you know, as Sarah pointed out, really make sure you scrape every inch of that marshmallow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, goo everywhere. Because it's just like, you got to... It doesn't look like there's enough at first, mm-hmm. but... It, it never does look like there's enough. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's a classic treat problem. And yes, even as I was is. dumping it into the pan, it still looked like I had messed up horrifically. Mm-mm. Like there, no, not to me. These were perfect, <laughs> and and yeah, that's just it. You uh, once you get all of it stirred around, then you pour it into this. You know now, you know again buttered and you know chilled uh, glass pan, and then you just put it back in the fridge, and we waited about thirty minutes. And the beautiful thing was. Was that when you take it out, of course, you know, there is an embarrassing amount of Oreos mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. But what was also a great surprise, if you've never had this style before, if you put in the marshmallow, like an extra cup or a cup and a half marshmallows after the fact. The after the original marshmallows melted. Exactly. You add in Those full ones, marshmallows. Yeah, they don't melt. Exactly. And right. so the texture, like the whole thing was, you know, glued together by the goo, but the extra marshmallows in the end... Little pockets of marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. That's the best. That was the best Mm -hmm. part. Yep. So actually, that was pretty much it. But again, all Mm -hmm. of this was um, significantly improved upon by the suggestions of um, our resident crispy expert, Sarah. So thank you again for your help. I am am a crispy treat connoisseur, as it were. Yeah, we used to make a ton of them, remember? Yeah, remember the apple pie ones? Yeah, those caramel apple apple ones we made. Oh, man. That sounds good. They were really good. We used Werther's caramels for that. Yeah, and and made like a sauce for the top. You know what I want to do, though? I was thinking about it while you were talking about melting the marshmallows, because that's a great thing to think about. But I have all of these like different kinds of extracts and stuff that we could add to make flavored marshmallows, like yummy, good extracts. Oh, yeah. We could make like graham flavored marshmallows or lavender flavored marshmallows or pumpkin flavored marshmallows. Well, tis the season for pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah, because I know how to make marshmallows. We can make our own. What? Yeah, it's not hard. Next time. Next time. (laughs) Next time on Foodies. So we make mallows. To really quickly back up a little bit, you drove up on Thursday. I did. Man, it's been raining like a motherfucker since you've been here. You brought the rain. I know. You're welcome. You are almost <laughs> the rain man in that regard. <laughs> exactly. It's a Dustin Hoffman. Nobody else is almost the rain man. It's just me. <laughs> is that what you were going to say there? I know. I know. Well, uh, I, I do not know. calls it like a season. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but, you know, you came up here with ambitious plans. You had several different things you wanted to make. Uh, we went to Potbelly, dude. Had you ever had Potbelly before? That was the first oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, what a great time that was. Yeah, you need to review that mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, we got it. That, <laughs> well, that actually is great setup. Totally apropos. Uh, yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we went in. And of course, I was just thinking I was going to get my sandwich on. You know, I did. I got a chicken salad sandwich on the side. But um, something that's newer that Pop Bellies is doing is they did they do this thing where for I think it's like three something. Mm-hmm. You can get a yeah. side order of mac and cheese and it comes with in that three something charge. It comes with two premium ingredients. And of the, you know, six or seven that I saw, I chose bacon and blue cheese mm-hmm. yeah because it sounded really good and even oh, if this man. mac and cheese was at its base basic mm-hmm. they put actually for what you're paying 
at a place like this, like they put actually a mound of whatever ingredient you choose. So I had a lot of bacon Mm -hmm. and a lot of blue cheese and it was phenomenal. I've I've only been to Potbelly's one time. I did not get to go because I had to work. But the one time that I did go was probably like, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. And it was so bad. I had a terrible experience there that I never went back. But evidently it's changed in the years that it's been. Yeah, I'd be I, willing to try it because I love me a good mac and cheese. Ooh, and you, that's just it for twice the price. You can get like an entree of it. So it's like. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went there and ate. Uh, I tried their new like Jersey Joe sandwich. It's supposed to be like a Philly mm-hmm. cheesesteak thing or whatever. Sarah, did you get the Mediterranean again? Yeah, that's, I always get that. That's kind that of your go-to. Hippie stuff. Yeah. I don't know if it's hippie it, stuff. I think it's just it has stuff. hummus on it. It's hippie food. Okay, Ooh, sure. Hummus. Uh, awesome. It also has artichoke hearts. Also hippie food. Still delicious. I mean, artichoke dip <laughs> is one was of my delicious. favorites. Yeah, but, I uh, like that. We ate there, and then you, Haas, you were like, when we go to the store, we were on our way to Meyer. I'm going to get something to make for Veronica, because she didn't get to go to Potbelly with us. Correct. I'm going to make her a mac and cheese. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's awesome. She really genuinely loves mac and cheese, and it was kind of in your brainwave, because you had just had this phenomenal mac and cheese. Correct, yes. So we got to experience that. That was kind of the that was the second thing of the things we've had this weekend. Uh, I guess, yeah, it was second. Uh, take us through that process. Like, what is this mac and cheese? Where did you find it? I know you were telling us that it was like, a, like you've been making it for nearly 10 years. It, it might be the oldest recipe you've ever cooked. Yes, so I actually know about this recipe uh, much more because the Oreo Krispies was like something I found a month or two ago. But the mac and cheese, it's um, I found it a bit between eight to ten years ago. It's been a while. It's um, the website's called Annie's Eats. She's made other stuff, not just you know mac and cheese. She also made desserts and sandwiches and other things you can make. But this one is Fontina mac and cheese. Fun fact, Fontina is this really, really good cheese that, you know, it's, I I don't want to call it fancy pants, but, you know, fun fact, you don't have to go to your local, you know, Whole Foods to get it. You can actually get get it at Walmart or if there's a Meyer near you, you know, you can get Stracks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing I will mention is that this particular recipe, I'll get into it in a little bit, it does call for eight ounces of the Fontina. Typically, it comes in a package of a five ounce, like a little itty bitty looking pizza wedge looking slice. And each one is going to roughly cost you about four to five dollars. So this is an expensive mac and cheese. It Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) I do like Fontina cheese. It's like a kind of like a sharper Italian cheese. Mm -hmm. It's got good flavor to it. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. consistency is good for melting as well. Mm -hmm. It's not I I don't want to say Velveeta, but it's got that kind (laughs) of like a. That very smooth sort of thing going on with yeah. it. That kind of, and not super hard, but not super soft. Uh, yeah. Semi-soft, if you will. Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Continue, please. Um, but yeah, so now that we've gotten that part out of the way, essentially all that you do, because uh, really the bulk of what you're doing is clean up. Um, what you do is you're supposed to take... Uh, well, first, what you want to do is the prep work, like always. So you want to take um, a plate or a bowl or whatever aside, and you want to cut up the 
Fontana into these little kind of cheese cubes that you would say like on a platter or something. Mm -hmm. And then you want to take, it says, it calls for four, but if you want to add a little bit more noodles, five, I would say, uh, teaspoons, tablespoons. How do they measure it in eighths on the butter stick? Is it table or teaspoons? Tablespoons. Tablespoons. Okay. Four to five tablespoons, depending on how many noodles you're doing, um, for which the recipe calls for a pound. So you can easily get a two pounder for a dollar fifty at the store, whoa! And which is what I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you want to cut the cheese into little cubes, the fontina, and you want to cut your butter. Uh, we use it. We used salted sweet cream butter, mm-hmm. uh, and again, it was Meyer brand. So you know, I it was nothing expensive. You need mm-hmm. to talk about the butter. That's a very good, valid point. Compare your butters because we have this other butter. I love this butter. You said you love this butter. It's the European cream butter from Lando ah, Lakes. the Black Label mm-hmm. butter. Oh yeah, we had we've had that right. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy thing. And actually, it was this is based off a comment that Sarah made at the store. Um, you know, okay, so I I was buying the butter specifically really for like the multiple things that were being made this weekend, mm-hmm. but because it wasn't something that was meant for me to just like kind of pick away at for like the next two to three weeks i was like you know what butter is butter as long as it's like good butter i'm gonna do store brand this time so we saw salted uh meyer brand butter and it looked like it was already like the sweet cream kind mm-hmm. and what this conversation is reminding me of those Ina garden memes about church. she's like if you don't have the time to churn your own butter from the cows that you've raised from birth store-bought's fine i love it i love those so much mm-hmm. barefoot contessa jokes they're the best but that's just it oh so we get the butter and i'm naturally as i'm cooking you know i'll take like the odd like spoon and kind of like quick taste test it and i was just taken aback because here i am getting this what is it seven eight dollar black label really fancy pants looking european land of lakes butter and this meyer brand salted sweet cream butter for what was it 289 three something 269 yeah that's a good price for butter it was it was cheap and that was the i think it was regular price the price was right and i couldn't tell that much of a difference so that was like a five, six dollar difference mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. four sticks of butter in a box. Well, now you know, and now in the future you can save money on butter. And yeah. that, that's exactly what I said. I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, <laughs> reevaluate you know. my life choices." You, I think you you looked at me at some point last night, and you're like, "By the way, doing that would save you thirty six dollars a year." A on year. Butter. <laughs> yeah. Did you do the math? <laughs> I did. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah. back to the Mac. So uh, what you do is you know you. You, you don't want to melt the butter in this instance. We're not making crispies anymore. We, you just want to chop it up into those tablespoon portions. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it calls for four, but make it five if you're wanting to add a little more noodles. You put the cheese that you've now cubed, the fontina, off to the side, the butter off to the side. And then what you can do is you can – it calls for heavy cream, and then you put that in a bowl um, – calls for a, cup, for a couple of cups of it and then you warm it up and then you just put that off to the side uh, and then once you've done all that then the next thing that you want to do is pretty basic actually you you just warm up the water now remember you're you're going to need a really big pot because you're cooking a pound 
of um, it's calls for, of course, elbow macaroni, but I mean, it's a pound. So you want to have a lot of room in that pot. Um, mm-hmm. And when you put all that together, you start to boil the noodles. They're just like a minute or so shy of al dente. You dump it out, you strain it just like you're making mac and cheese. And then as though you're making craft blue box or what mm-hmm. have you, you've now got cream, the cheese and the butter is waiting <laughs> First, you want to dump the cream and the butter in, just mix it around, coat the noodles. And then from there, you dump in the cubed cheese. Uh, of course, by doing that, instead of, you know, dumping in two wedges of cheese, you know, it makes sure that it evenly gets distributed throughout the Mac and also melts significantly mm-hmm. faster, which is why you do this ahead of time. Um, did you learn that lesson once? Did you just throw the, the first time? The you're first like, time, yeah. And you're like, fuck, why is this not melting? Yeah, because I, I was frantically like, oh, the noodles are still hot. Because that's <laughs> the point. You want to make sure that the cheese melts in the hot pasta. So I was like frantically chopping and <laughs> I didn't cut anything. But, you know, it's on my body. But, you know, it's just, it was fine. It was fine. But here's the thing I want to stress about this dish. It's like one of those like self-fulfilling dishes, which is what I love so much about it. So then what you got to do is you take this whole mixture, this massive pot of noodles, cheese, butter, and cream, Mm -hmm. and you dump it into, again, some really like a glass, you know, pan that you... Like a 9 by 13 glass pan. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That you're going to put in the oven, which should at this point be preheated to 400 degrees. Once you get the mixture in there, and then you put it in the oven, you turn the timer. It, It calls for 20 minutes but i actually recommend 22 because i just remembered i forgot something uh because this is a macaroni bake what you want to do is get breadcrumbs uh in this particular instance because the thing of it is is you get the cheese but because it's kind of pricey i always think to myself you know if i would you know word to the wise i would probably go for three to make it cheesier but for five dollars a cheese that ain't happening but what I do with the breadcrumbs is, you know, you lightly butter it. You Actually, you do melt some butter. I take that back. You melt like one tablespoon of butter. You mix it in with some breadcrumbs. And then I mixed in a lot of oregano and some garlic sea salt. And then I mixed all of that together in a bowl, like a little cereal bowl. And then I just kind of evenly top the bake, the macaroni uh, you're essentially creating a crunch layer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I will say is that the recipe also says you should mix in a quarter of a cup of Parmesan into the breadcrumbs to, you know, kind of give it that crispy top. I personally recommend if you're going to buy Parmesan, like for this dish, you know, I use the whole motherfucking bag. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. And it was glorious. It, it smelled and looked like I made lasagna. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a noodle bake. It was like an Italian noodle bake. Mm-hmm. It was good. Mm-hmm. I liked the lots of oregano in it. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, is that so now that you've got it in the oven, now that you've taken it out real quick, put the Parmesan and the breadcrumbs on and you put it right back in. Uh, you've now got 20, 22 minutes that is like the perfect time to start cleaning that pot, cleaning <laughs> the dishes you mm-hmm. use to melt this, to warm that. And by the time it's done, you've gotten basically all the dishes done, except for, you know, depending it's on how. It's a good heart. life hack. Yeah. The only thing is, is that the pot, you know, depending on how much cheese you did, you might need to let that kind of sit in water and soap. But 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and it's it smells very very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very delicious. I loved that bake, mac and cheese bake. It was uh, something that I definitely want to try my own take on. Like I, I, I you fully fully explained it now, and I'm like, oh, I would add like Gouda and Havarti cheeses and ho. Oh. Oh. Well, and that's just it. It's kind of like the Oreo Rice Krispies. It's like it's a great Choose thing own in its adventure. own exactly. But once you get into the hang of it, start mixing and matching. And I did forget one thing. I do apologize because Fuck. it's Fontina cheese. Uh, what the recipe calls for is a pinch, a pinch of nutmeg to fully bring out the nodes of the cheese. Because I tell you right now. Don't do what I did. Don't put too much nutmeg in because then you've got a pumpkin pie <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Which doesn't sound bad. I mean. Right. <laughs> it sounds very festive for the fall. It is October after yeah. all. But that is it. I promise. But yeah, no. Just once you make it the first time, like just run with it. Pick different cheeses. Try different spices. It's. I think if I did it, I, if I made a bake like that on that level, because usually when I make mac and, homemade mac and cheese, I do baked mac and cheese, but... I like using a little bit of Velveeta as like the base to give it that sharp tanginess. I put in like tons of different kinds of cheddar cheese, like a triple cheddar and then some mustard and some garlic, salt, pepper, maybe a little splash of Worcestershire if I'm feeling frisky. But I think if I want to try and make a new Mac, I'd probably want to use like a Vermont white cheddar, the Fontina, and maybe like a mozzarella with like cream cheese or something. Oh man, I just got a good idea. A BLT baked Mac. It would work. Ooh, with like roasted tomatoes mm-hmm. or sun-dried tomatoes or something. You do the lettuce at the end. Maybe some bacon. No yeah. lettuce. Yeah, lettuce oh. at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't cook the lettuce. The lettuce is like an after. It's almost like adding a little bit of a salad with I know it sounds weird, but it Just it, put it, it on work. a lettuce leaf Can and then we won't garnish? eat the lettuce leaf. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Serve it to on me plate. on a lettuce leaf. Like <laughs> great plating option there. And no forks or spoons. <laughs> Only the leaf. <laughs> It's okay. I'm just trying to get the levels a little bit. That was a loud one. Okay. Um, back at it. Where are we going from here, guys? Do we want to discuss breakfast? Do we want to discuss what? Breakfast. Oh, well, yeah. We're still talking about all the shit we ate this weekend. Yeah. Andrew was very sweet to uh, cook us lots of yummy treats, and this morning we had pancakes. Those are the biggest pancakes. Yeah. What did we decide? We were. I don't think we decided on what we were going to call them, did we? Because they were just like... The word loaf was involved. Yeah, and I... Yeah, we rejected that idea immediately. That's awful. Um, That's hmm. funny to me. What did you call them? Lumberjack cakes? Yeah, because they're just massive. And they're meant to fill the skillet. Cake pan. Yeah. Cake pan, yeah. What do they used to call them? There was an episode of the Three Stooges, and Curly was making pancakes, and what did he... Flapjacks? No. Hot, it wasn't hot cakes. It was like maybe it was wheat cakes or something. Yeah, I think it was wheat cakes. Mm. But they looked gigantic and thick because he was making them in a cast iron skillet like that, oh. like one of those like Dutch style pancakes with like the apples and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, that's that the kind of pan- that's like the thickness of that cake. Yeah, we had some thick ass pancakes this morning. My God, Sarah Can and I had to to split ours. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that thinking about episode one of Foodies of of this season. I'm still thinking about having warm apple cider. 
Like that oh. needs to happen. Yeah. It's time. Apple it is cider. that time of year. Oh yeah, absolutely. My aunt was at the apple orchard and brought me some pumpkin spice donuts and some apple cider donuts. But by the time I had gotten home later that day, all of the frosting had been absorbed into the donut and it was just like um like the ghost of pumpkin spice. But it was still <laughs> delicious. The and LaCroix it, it of just, pumpkin spice. The LaCroix. Yeah, it just made me really <laughs> want to go to the apple orchard and get them fresh and eat them hot. <laughs> mm. But it was really good. And then there's this other apple orchard. Or no, we went to the pumpkin patch for my kid's field trip. And we bought a package of donuts and they were really greasy. I didn't Ooh. like them. I don't know if I got a bad batch or what, but Weird. they were really greasy. Not all about I was disappointed that. and threw them away. Oh, oh, that bad, huh? Yeah, because like the outside was like really crunchy, and then when you bit into it, you tasted like literal like oil from them frying them. Oh, yeah, it was wasn't the best. Wasn't nasty. the best. But you know what wasn't nasty were those cake pans. Uh, it was pretty basic recipe, just extremely large portioned <laughs> uh, cake pan. And I added... Uh, Is that what you're calling it? Cake pan? Yeah, because it was like an entire pan. It was a pan. It, it was... I don't know how to describe it. It was large and in charge. I see. I don't know. He had his with peanut butter on it. I saw that. Peanut butter and chocolate chips. I was motherfucking jealous. You made Oreo ones as if you didn't have enough Oreos. Yeah, but they were so good. <laughs> Regardless. Well, we had so the good. whole thing of Oreos. Left over that. From the crispy. Waste not, want not. Mm. We just had ours plain with uh, an excessive amount of butter and maple syrup. I did, yeah. I did not add any butter. I looked in the fridge and tried to find some like fruit, but I didn't see anything no. good that I wanted to put on it. I heard you had said something about strawberries on it, but yeah, no, we those... need to get some get some fruit. Yeah, it's time for a grocery trip. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I think, um, first of all, I want to say, Juhas, thanks for cooking for us. Yeah, that was really nice of you. We mm-hmm. love when you come up and visit. Thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, you're welcome. Yeah, except I don't know if I want to thank you for uh, the movie that we just watched. Oh, lovely segue. <laughs> I that was uh, hard. Sarah and I were looking at each other like, oh my God. Terrifying. Oh, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it is October, so we we can call it a horror movie. Definitely. Yeah. Do you want to uh, tell us about this movie? Yes, I... <laughs> So it's called Ingrid Goes West. I had actually seen it months and months ago, like early into this year. Um, I think it it either came out like in January, February of this year or super late last year. And it stars Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Nate, st- you'll know her from Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Long story short, there's this girl, well, this woman who lives, um, I don't know what town she's from, but she, she's, uh, she's, she follows people on Instagram and she becomes obsessed with them, even if they're just local people. She just fixates on one person and it, she becomes, uh, you know, a stalker who just her entire life revolves around this one person and everything they post on their Instagram. Well, uh, you know, things ensue actually at the beginning, this is in the trailer, so I don't mind saying this, but basically in the beginning, um, she sees that the person that she's fixated on in her local community is getting married and she gets so jealous 
that she goes right up to her and sprays. Jealous that she wasn't invited to the wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. That she sprays bear mace into the bride's eyes in front of everybody during the reception. And then she, you know, goes away. And that starts the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and through the rest of it, she finds out about this, this, the, I believe it's called Instagram influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, played by Elizabeth Olsen, who, you know, it, she, she has... Was it millions of followers? She, she had like 276,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she was like a burgeoning Instagram star or whatever influencer. She didn't have that blue check mark though. <laughs> <laughs> but she was very popular enough that um, Aubrey Plaza's character, Ingrid, sees her in a magazine. And she looks at her photos, falls in love, and hits the follow button. And then that just leads to this spiral of madness leading her to going to LA to hunt her down and it actually starts off with her stealing her Elizabeth Olsen's character's dog so that when they call for a lost dog you know please find and call us she she can answer the call Mm -hmm. Ingrid returns Mm -hmm. the dog and they just become best friends (laughs) and it the whole movie is just set on lies and it just and it's just pure madness but it's also very real (laughs) that was the most horrifying (laughs) part of that movie was how real it was yep yep especially in this day and age with social media and trying to promote your brands and trying to use the hashtags hashtag blessed hashtag perfect i always love that there are people that use hashtag model wife even if they're not a model and it's like come on now well it just was really dark yeah, oh, it, it was, was really dark and real. And the first thing I said was like, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole movie, you're kind of, I think I said this to you, Juhas, uh, you're constantly in that phase when you're in a, when you watch a movie and you see something you're not sure if you really wanted to see, but you're kind of just like, oh, I guess I have to go with it and see what happens next. Uh. Yeah, it was like a train wreck. You can't look away. <laughs> yeah, but the way it was presented was not in a train wrecky kind of no. a way. It was in a, like... You're watching a, uh, you know, a movie about like girls and millennials, and like it was like the way it was they a smart did movie. It, it was really smart, and you just, if you're not paying attention, you could watch that movie on the surface level mm-hmm. and just walk away from it. But if you're anybody that's ever been online, like like V was saying, trying to put yourself out there and uh, all of that stuff, it, it becomes terrifying because right. this girl is totally unassuming. At first, I mean, just, just totally. There are unassuming. weirdos out there that want to yeah. hurt you, and there's weirdos out there that don't have bad intentions, but are just maybe not the most sound people. And yeah. they're so um, immersed in wanting to get an interaction with you, person to person. I think that's good to note that Abby Plaza, really, the downward spiral of this movie is a response to an Instagram comment. Oh, next time you're in LA, you should totally try this restaurant. And she's like, right. oh, yeah. Like. And if and if the, the uh, well, I don't, I don't know if I, to call her the other protagonist, um, the Elizabeth Olsen character, if she would never have responded to initially to any of her fans, that was her whole thing. Well, I respond to my fan stuff. And her, right. I like her to engage husband, in social media. I like yeah, to really she participate has, in the conversation to expand my brand. She has that conversation with her husband, who's an artist, who is doesn't have it. Yeah, doesn't want to put themselves out there, identify doesn't want to put themselves out there, doesn't want to interact, you know, for a variety of reasons, uh, just likes his private, 
private space and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the realist motherfucker yeah, in the movie. <laughs> and the whole time, you know, you're you're meant to side with this woman who has got her Instagram account and she's nice to her fans. And that's literally all it is. And this woman takes that one response that this uh, this character says, Oh yeah, you know, you should try it next time you're on. You're like totally benign, you know, casual she response. Latched onto it. Latched onto it and you know, drives totally across the country and just does all kinds friend, of terrible just to things. Just to be your friend. But yeah, to not even, but in that weird like mirroring way, you know, like she, she buys the same purses as her, tries to read the same books from the Instagram, you know, like mm-hmm. people who are empty like that, they'll do things like that to try to fill up whatever's empty. And that's the scary part. You never know who's going to be the empty person. Right. But I think part you of know? the whole thing of that movie is that all of them are the empty people. They are. That's the Every sad, single one the, of them. Yeah. It's about a bunch of oh, scumbags. Dan is you the know, realist in a lot of ways. Dan is the realist one. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, He's all right. O'Shea Jackson, uh, Ice Cube's son. Does that was fun. really fun seeing him in that because I kept thinking that I was seeing Ice Cube in the yeah. 90s and I was like, damn, where's J-Lo? Where's the Anaconda? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but any of them could have had their sins exposed, as it were. You know, the, Yeah, the bro every brother. single one of them was fake. Even right. the husband, like he's saying, like going along with, oh yeah, this painting is $1,200. But And they're really popular. And they're popular. But then later... You're my f- only person who's bought my shit. Yeah, you know, and it's like to, obviously to say you're all fake. That that <laughs> you're in LA. Is, yeah, that's the most real movie about Los Angeles that I think we've ever seen. Yeah, I that not, was, and we were just recently in LA, so we were telling Andrew, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, that was really real. It, it, and I don't even mean that in a negative way because it's brilliant yeah. the way that they did it. They, it's in an observational way because that's how people, uh, you know. That's kind of how you have to operate sometimes right? when you're networking and you don't know people and you don't know their intentions and you don't know why they're giving you a business card and mm-hmm. flashing a smile and this all of that. This movie was a, a warning. It, it very much is for people who want to pursue that dream in 2018 or mm-hmm. whenever they're listening to this podcast in the future, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. that's a warning. Watch Ingrid Goes West. Protect yourself. Seriously. It was like, an interesting movie to watch based on the timing yeah. of what we have going on in our lives personally, mm-hmm. like being musicians and just having recently been to L.A. and having similar experiences, meeting people like that. And Yeah, not super creepy. Like we met nice people. We met lots know. of nice people in L.A., yeah. But you just but never know. It was, it was very L.A. Everybody's, you know, in the business. Everybody's doing like uh, model, actress, musician slash waitress thing you know mm-hmm. like the mattress life the mattress life yeah i don't know where that originated in and out burger after your yeah. samosas end up sucking <laughs> right yeah just uh, something it just tasted like la the whole thing the, mm-hmm. the whole movie and it, just, uncomfortably it was like a, a so. cautionary tale of yeah. what like what could happen if you're gonna go down that path it's right? like and it's also really like brilliant insight <coughs> into the stalker type but, because her thing wasn't yeah, to be like directly a stalker. Like Aubrey Plaza's character, I think, you know, you kind of get a lot of things revealed in the movie. She talks about her mother's death. She loses her quote unquote only friend. Right after that, then you think about the beginning of the movie with uh, Charlotte. Yeah, Christy, the first woman that she latched woman. onto that and, apparently wasn't even her friend. Yeah, she talked you realize to her once. Everything is lies about your main character. And then, but, then, but you know certain truths, so it makes you want to feel for them, but you're like, but you're not doing things right, girl. You're going yeah. about you know, you're going about this the wrong way. You need some help. So it's hard to like 
want her to fail, but it's also hard for you to like want her to succeed yeah. too. And the real messed up part is that's like, are we doing spoilers? Is that okay? Like for the end of this, since we're talking I about mean, this movie, we're officially this deep in. Yeah, you can talk about like the, yeah, I think there there's a a moment near the end of the film where. They basically, it, they don't want to have an intervention with this girl, but she she crashes a party mm-hmm. that they're at and she had already been like overly stalking them and had been... Uh, and they had already outed they, her and told yeah, her to stay away. Yeah, there was a thing with her phone and they figured out what she was up to and that she mm-hmm. was a stalker and whatever. Um, but she shows up like nothing happened. Like, you know, and they like, this girl like outs her and basically says to her what you just said, you know, about how, uh, you know, it's... Uh, Oh, that train caught me off guard. Train of art. <laughs> the train. Um, yeah, make, makes you lose your train of thought. Ayo. That's why I call it the train, train of our existence. I That's know, right? It like honked and I was like, train, train, there you are. Um, yeah, I actually did forget where I was going with that. But you there were, was... A, you were talking about the intervention point mm-hmm. and Taylor saying something to Aubrey Plaza's character and then Ingrid flips it on her and I think calls... Uh, oh, I remember now. Yeah, because they they basically tell her you need some help, girl. You're not doing it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they send her off to the wind. You know that mm-hmm. that was a very poignant scene. But then it leads into the end of the movie and what happens, which at I the knew end, was coming, right? And what happens to this stalker girl is almost like the biggest slap in the face to everybody watching this film because mm-hmm. you watch this girl you don't want to feel for her but you do and you're just like god you just hate her because she's so awful to everybody she lies to everybody takes advantage gets, of everybody. takes advantage of everybody you know you see her like crying in the bathroom or whatever but, but you know she doesn't have like evil intentions she's just really fucked really up. messed exactly. up right but she probably has asperger's or something i, d- like, I don't know about all that, that makes her like have social cues exactly yeah she's probably got something going on yeah she needs to to help have help with correct and i actually don't want to give away the actual end of what happens to her but something happens that basically rewards her Mm -hmm. the universe rewards her for all of her efforts at the end of this film Mm -hmm. and it is like it was dark it is so but it's like brilliantly dark because here we are talking about it you know right that's what art does mm -hmm. but you know you talk about it on both sides of it but it's like oh my god that's real that's really what happens the scumbags they get ahead Mm -hmm. i don't know why that happens but it does it happens a lot after we finished this movie it made me feel like how i felt when i watched black swan for the first time It, it had that like pit in my stomach feeling like different kind of pit though that was <laughs> uh, you could at least be a little less detached to to black swan natalie portman she was just yeah. off and in, 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 in the was, deep end of the it ether. was unsettling it, it was very unsettling. i feel like this movie yeah. is gonna stick with me for a while it is it's i'm gonna this is a twin peaks moment this is a twin peaks moment this for is sure a, this is an in real life this is this happens take note yeah mm-hmm Brilliant, brilliant movie, though. It was a very brilliant movie. And the cat, like, I want to go back to the cast a little bit. There's not a ton of actors in this movie. Obviously, Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen, Palm Clemente, the, the, uh, she played Mantis in Guardians 2. Uh, she was the Asian the fashion mm. designer. The fashion designer. That's correct. why I recognized yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just didn't see her with the antennas. So she was right. wearing that shirt that said "stalker" on it. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson, as we mentioned, I thought was great in this movie. 
Yeah, it, he was the only decent character in this movie. Because he's yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And I loved his love for Batman. Yeah, that was endearing. That, that like, was that was good. And you do he was a real life person too, you know, you meet mm-hmm. so many people like that. Anyhow. I feel like when we were in LA we met a lot of people that were that could have been in that movie. Yeah, I agree. Whoa. We met some really nice people and then we met uh, yeah. There's a lot of interesting people out there. And it's just like a cautionary tale to everybody out there. Get off your fucking phones for a while. It's nice. Yeah, if you live in LA, go visit your friends. Yeah. Find a reason to go visit each other because everybody out there is so isolated. Yeah, they, everybody they, lives they really in their phones are. now in yeah. Instagram land and, and it's curated so much, lives. Yeah, there's so much like traffic and it just it's like so bad out there. People don't see each other very often. You know? Yeah, my sister lives out there and she's always telling me like, well, I wanted to go hang out with my friend and her kid, but they're like, you know, an hour away on the, you have to take the highway, the one mm-hmm. one you know. It's a mess. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. The Californians. Yeah. yeah, you get on like the 101 and take that down to like <laughs> yeah. Wilshire and then down to Santa Monica. If you see the, if you see the In-N-Out burger, you've gone too far. But then pull in and get me a burger and then well, get over. But I need a two by two with the animal fries. See, I love LA. I, I do still, too. I still want to live there. <laughs> I miss All the beach. Considering. I miss the sun. I miss I, the In and Out <laughs> burger. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I just. I think, well, I think we need to rate this movie. movie. How many pizza yeah. slices would you give it, Nate? Oh man, honestly, I think it's a solid four. Uh, it is, it is a great uh, commentary on society and what we are going through. Four out of what? A uh, four out of five. Oh, I thought you were yeah. going to do it out of ten. I was like, mm. what? No. <laughs> when have we? We don't do. It. We're unconventional in that way. We've changed uh, it all the time. You, you forgive my mistake. Five, I, I, I think I always think it's five pizza slices. We did discuss we were going to go to eight pizza slices. Whoa. I don't think. Well, because, you know, pizzas typically have eight slices when they're cut into two. Oh. But it, I, like thank a you full for pizza. connecting the dots there for me. I, yeah, like, I wanted Whoa. to say that That for just you. sounded like what America did with to the met- metric system. Sure, yeah. That's how we did it, too. <laughs> uh, no, ultimately, four out of five stars. I think it is a great social commentary. I think that Aubrey Plaza does a fantastic job of playing that character. She's so oh, weird. Yeah. And, and not I like her a lot. But, but it's almost like how much of that movie was her acting? You know what I'm saying? Probably not a lot. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. She's just naturally fucking weird. And it's like, what do you do if you stumble upon some insta-famous person? How would you act? You got to almost yeah. put... Right. Because yeah, I have to point out, like, she didn't, like, hunt this woman down. No. She just saw her walking down the street in Venice after she had already looked her up and had, like, one little interaction with her on Instagram. And then she, like, was oh my God, there she is. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then she just inserted herself into her, this lady's life because she really wanted to be her friend. And then it just went way too far because she yeah. didn't have anybody else. And she clearly yeah. had some kind of mental illness. Nobody to rein it in for her. Yeah. Right. You know, I, she she needed like a handler. I think. Right. You know? It's like the good and evil of the internet, this whole yeah. movie from beginning, the bad to the end, what the internet can be good for. Like it's... It's a really interesting movie. I I would recommend it. I would give it four out of five pizza slices as well. Sarah, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna give it a, a four and a half. Actually, okay. I think it was. I haven't seen a lot of movies. Like whenever we watch recent movies, there are a lot of superhero movies, a lot of or like silly comedies, films or comedies, which I enjoy. But this was a movie that I feel people will talk about ten years from now. 
you know almost this is like one memento of those, i feel like this is one of those little sleeper films sleeper that, movie for um, sure it is very poignant and very relevant story and cross genre because there was funny there was thriller there was like single white female yes. vibes there was <laughs> comedy but it's and drama. it was just the characters were so subtly well written and well played right. and aubrey plaza that's her name right yeah i'm yeah. very bad with names but i appreciated her performance in this movie because she didn't just like you guys said she played maybe played herself you know we don't know her in real life i've seen her on many interviews and yeah she's like you've seen like strange. the memes of her and like the, yeah. the talk show clips of her being a fucking weirdo yeah but it's not just her doing that character like the scott pilgrim character you know where she right. just sits and stares like i don't think for as weird as the character is i forgot that it was her playing it even though she was still playing it out yeah the whole time well like said, I, yeah i feel like she she didn't you know she's a steve buscemi in this case a great you know? actor yeah. can like she's a steve buscemi that yeah. needs to be an adjective yeah or she's just, totally yeah. a steve buscemi because as we know steve buscemi can he can do he everything can yeah role. he's almost a chameleon but in that he could have easily been typecasted in billy madison and totally written off the map you know just mm-hmm. to be that weird weird guy that puts on the lipstick right you know but he's not he's <laughs> or a, the nerd he's a fabulous like from the big actor. lebowski shut the yeah. fuck up donnie yeah yeah, yeah. that that guy that but, wimp but he's got a broad range, so um, I think like that was a good role for her to play to kind of deepen her weirdness and <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was that it was, was a, a smart good... career move, Aubrey. Good job. Yeah, that was that was a lot a lot to chew on. Four and a half pizza oh, slices. Oh, lots to chew on. It was yeah, it was a lot to chew on. Yeah, that's my review. How about you, Andrew? This was your pick, so I'm assuming <laughs> you really liked this movie. Um, I to to follow your pizza scale, I. I would have originally, yeah, given it a four and a half out of five pizza slices. Slices? Mm-hmm. Yes, slices as well. Um, I, of course, typically, if I'm going to give something a perfect, um, it's got to be something that, you know, I perhaps have just never seen before. It was just just something that just struck me out of this world. But the thing of it is, is I thought this movie was pretty damn near perfect because... I I just love the little things. Well, like just observing the little things that make people tick. And this movie was just. I mean, the parts where she was being outlandish, uh, when she was just obsessively stalking people, and how awkward she was being, were just so. I mean, it's it's in a way laughable, and I I just thought it was so funny, and I just laugh. You just for the first part, of the first half of the movie, you laugh a lot. Or you, mm. or you just groan and like, just geez, surmise what the rest get? of the movie is going to have. I was um, squirming yeah. a lot, like yeah. oh, me, God. me were groaning because yeah. I was groaning from about two minutes into the film. I, I, had, I yeah. knew this girl was going to be something weird. Something... I had to get up and get a snack because I was like, oh my god, I need a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah, we had to have comfort. And actually, that is uh, that is something I wanted to bring up. You know, um, of course, my takeaway from this movie. Was that you know the first half is just so funny because it's like it's almost it's awkward humor, but the thing is what I love about this movie also is even if I've I've seen it now five times but I, it's so well done that I love watching it each and every time but specifically I love watching it with people and seeing how their reactions are because everyone's going to have a different reaction so mm-hmm. while I was laughing away yes Veronica and Sarah were just like oh <laughs> this isn't good mm-hmm. and. Something else I would like to point out that I actually thought added to my viewing experience this time, and I'll take it with me next time. 
part of what I thought was also so funny wasn't just Ingrid. In my head, I have never, first of all, I've never been to LA. Never have. Not that I never would or never will. I just haven't. But this movie just based off the perceptions I've seen in the television, in the social media, in movies in general, what I kind of gathered by people who live in L.A. and how they would operate and how they would communicate and act around each other, this movie just seemed to fit all the stereotypes that I had lined up in my head, mm. and I found that so amusing. So much to my somewhat surprise, but also um, amusement, that Veronica and Sarah actually recognized truth to it all. It was like, no, that is actually an actual conversation that you or scenario you would see or Mm -hmm. experience in LA. And that was just like, whoa. So this, this is real on another level, actually. Mm -hmm. I think the first example of that is early on in the movie when uh, Dan meets Ingrid and he's like, do you like the place? Like, cause she's scoping out the place to, oh, yeah. to live there. He's the landlord. And she's like, you're the landlord? And he's like, yeah, you got a problem with it? I'm also, boom, screenwriter, like, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, business card. there was that. Um, I think right before that, though, was also another great uh, scene was, so she goes to this. Was it like a vegan or vegetarian? The garden of, market the, the or whatever. The garden market. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character had just posted something about like Instagram on toast, you know. Yeah, she starts to go. Part of her stalking is going to the places she thinks this girl has been at recently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in fact, it's the very place in the comment that she says, "Next time you're in LA, you should go here." That yeah, you know, started. So the she's whole like, "Okay, thing. well, I'll check this place out, well, and then maybe I'll post about it on Instagram. Maybe <laughs> she'll see it." Well, the whole start of the scene, though, is she goes in there, and the waiter comes up to her, and the first thing that comes out of his mouth is. So what's your emotional damage or what, or whatever? What's your deepest yeah. wound, emotional wound? That's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, what that's it right. Was. <laughs> and we're like, yep. That's the question of the day. That See, it's on the board. It's on the board. Yeah. No, thank you. I love that as her response. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they were probably making fun of some restaurant on Abbott Kinney in Venice Beach or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where it, that's where it opens, right? That's where the whole thing's like set. It's like yeah, Venice. Venice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so we had four and a half. Yes. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and four. That's eight. That's 16. 17 divided by four is like a 4.25 mm-hmm. is what we're going to average the sound for foodies. That's a high, Those are pretty high marks. Yeah. I would have given it up maybe a four and a half if it didn't leave me feeling so yucky afterwards. Because the validation she gets at the end of the movie. Kind yeah. Of yeah. I just feel just the whole thing because I've, I've had to deal with mean people on the internet before mm-hmm. and I've had to deal with shit like crazy people it's just like it's it can be scary out there and sometimes when i'm watching a movie i deliberately go out of my way to not watch things that can be too real for me because i'm already like emotionally disaster you know Mm. and i'm just trying to keep things positive and every once in a while i like watching movies like this to remind me that there are still good intellectual smart clever movies being made that make Mm -hmm. me think but my life is so crazy and like messed up that I just try to go for the the happier stuff these days to distractify from the rest. Yeah, but not many things can make you feel icky like that on a real level. <laughs> yeah. That's what I hate. I horror. hate it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like smiling while I say I hate it. That's, <laughs> I love to hate that's, it. <laughs> but that's art with the capital A. Mm-hmm. That's not craft. That's not little art with a little A, you know. Speaking like, of art. That's not art in a script letters, you know, with a period at the end. Like mm-hmm. that is A-R-T with a capital A. When you draw a line like that and you make some people like squeamish and you make other people think and you make other people. Th- I mean, pointing how, out everything that people hate about themselves. Yeah. I mean, that vanity shown, of it all shining a light on that stuff without having to shine a light on it you know right. like you're a cop or something with the with a spotlight right it you wasn't know, like an expose was, it was just like this is what's real no, here you go i know the characters were believable and every it, it wasn't you know you said uh andrew that it was based on a lot of stereotypes like to you but i don't think it really was like the californians we were talking about that snl sketch that's a lot of stereotypes you know that's that's mm-hmm. a lot of the stereotypes but this one, like, unless unless you had actually have actually been and you know really hung out in Los Angeles and talked to different types of people and things, like, it, it, you know, it it's not really a lot of stereotypes. A lot of things, it's an undercurrent, mm-hmm. you know, that was picked up on. I it's think. an energy. It's a vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not a, not all in a negative way. You know, I don't mean that just about people being fake on the surface level or whatever, because not everybody's fake. You know, right? It's just but, everybody is everybody that. I've met in LA is pursuing something different right. from what's pr- providing their main source of income. Right. So it's all f- in the best possible way. And I say this with love. It really is fake it till you make it. Right. Everybody leads a double life there. And right. every single And that's why it was so hard to not hate. It's, it's like, I didn't want to hate the main character because I'm like, I see what she's doing. I, I get the motives. Like right. she doesn't have bad intentions. Other people do this too. But it goes back to what Sarah and I were talking about earlier is the scumbags are the ones who always win in this world. I know. In our lives. I mean, we both just had our our, our debit cards stolen. Mine just month, got stolen yeah. yesterday. So I lost money that is now in dispute. Like yep. it's, there are shitty fucking people actively trying to hurt you on a, me on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, and life to me at this point is just navigating through those waters and trying to get through it because what else can I do? I can't be a victim. I can't complain. I can't like just let the waters wash let over it you overwhelm totally. me because yeah. I will go crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, one thi- go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say it just comes down to like figuring out how to cope and what works for you. And this woman in this movie needed to figure out some I, coping mechanisms. I don't think she ever will, though. I think that's the tragic no. end of this character. The, right. It was so Shakespearean in that way. I know. Didn't I oh, say? I was like, I feel like, like we're watching Othello. I, yeah, it was like modern modern Shakespeare. That's a good way to put mm-hmm. it. That tragic ending, but... Social commentary of it the It wasn't even... To some people that would watch it, they wouldn't see the tragedy in it. That's the surface level watch, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, oh, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, we haven't had time to let this movie cook. Yeah, that's why we're we're doing doing this podcast right now. (laughs) Uh, One thing I will say it was interesting is there were a couple loose ends that I wish they would have utilized better in the movie. Okay, early on, Elizabeth Olsen goes, you look familiar. I know you from somewhere. And she's trying to piece it together where she knows Ingrid already from, which is that awkward interaction at the place. Once they out her... 
how that was not one of the things directly referenced. Like, and I remember you from this exact moment. You were stalking me all the way back then. Well, but she that's got a makeover just and got a new Instagram account. And I, she's got too many followers. She doesn't act. That's the whole pointing out the fake thing. The she undercurrent. got catfished. Yeah. Okay, this girl fair point, fair yeah, point. has too many followers to even bother with knowing what one follower is stalking her because so many people could be. And she did figure it out. They did subtly reference that when they were in that club with the, you know, that she ended up getting kicked out of or whatever, the VIP section. Mm -hmm. And they were all talking about Ingrid before she walked up. Well, why were they talking about her saying she's fake and this? They had already started to piece it together. Right. And they had pieced it together by the end of the movie. Having an imaginary boyfriend. Yeah. Before this guy even stole her phone, the whole motivation for that guy even looking and stealing her phone was because they had been talking about it already. Mm -hmm. You know? It was killing him to not know. Yeah. And then she wasn't on the list, although she said she was on the list. Right. Right. That all of it. So it, it is subtly referenced. It's just. See, that would have been the direct spotlight if they would have been, see, I knew this and I knew that. It's like That's like the high school call out that everybody would wait for, but they didn't do that. Fair enough. That's that's what that's what's a little, uh, yeah, it's good. Anyways. Okay. Well, you know, Sarah, I guess we're going to have you kind of lead this next part because you bought a book recently at Second and Charles. Oh, I found a book yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I already grabbed it. Mm. Wapow. So we were at, um, I don't know if anybody knows what Second and Charles is. It is like what Borders and or Barnes and Noble, whatever remnants are left of those, would have been like in 2018. It's like... It's like the disc replay of used books. Yeah, but it, they've got all the toys and used everything. And records. Video and games, a whole vinyl section and instruments. It's like a... It's like a a tumbler the store if you will <laughs> one of those deals but anyways so they have used books there and i always check the music and film sections when i'm there uh sometimes the video game strategy guides but this book i found is called i bought this for veronica six degrees of kevin bacon with an introduction by kevin bacon and this book was written by, allegedly, I'm assuming that there's internet resources for this, by the game's creators. So whoever created Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Which is one of my favorite movie games to play yeah, since on, its inception. On the front here is a very 90s Kevin Bacon in sunglasses. Well, this, yeah, you got to tell them the copyright of the book. This book is copyrighted since it's a used book, uh, 1996. Uh, which we're very pleased about. Twenty-two so years. All old. of the movie we'll post pictures of this on Instagram. It's worth yes, it. Yes, this is this. From what I'm told, is going to be worked into being a maybe a mini segment, maybe something. I don't know. This is Veronica's call because this is this is on her. <laughs> I'm just a guest after all. But it says on the front: discover your BQ, Bacon IQ, <laughs> and test yourself against the masters of the game. The Baconators. Uh, as of of the course, Baconators. You know, current to 1996. So get your film history on if you're going to play this version Ooh, of uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Anyways, <coughs> I'm going to pass the book to Veronica. I wonder when Hollow Man came out. We haven't yeah, even had time really to per- peruse this book. Uh, so no, you just gave it to me today. I'm super pleased. <laughs> yeah. It's dedicated to Kevin Bacon and somebody named Pat White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was super pleased. Uh, I love this game. It's super funny. I did not see that it has an introduction by Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. I was just too excited about the very <laughs> 90s picture of him on the cover. Yeah. 
That's hilarious. I need to look at it. But it's got all these great pictures. It also has all these really interesting charts and graphs of how you can link specific celebrities and entire celebrity families, Mm -hmm. such as the Baldwins, to Kevin Bacon Mm -hmm. from all different movies. It it actually has the Baldwin family tree. It does. Yeah. And then it's got, it says, it's got a a filmography with all of his movies. First movie being Animal House, (laughs) which was fantastic. One of my favorites. Oh, wow. And at the very beginning of this book... I know this is foodies watching movies, but hold on, this is relevant. It's relevant. It's relevant. It's relevant. It has Wait, a they, list. They huh? credit Animal House as his first? I thought that Friday the 13th was his absolute first. Well, if you'd let me finish. Sorry, sorry, my fault. They <laughs> have an entire page that has his filmography starting from his very first movie and what date each movie was released, what oh. year each movie was released. His first one was Animal House in 78. And then Friday the 13th was his third movie in 1980. Oh, wow. Okay. So. he's Yeah, there's, this book spans 1978 through 1997, uh, those years worth of bacon films. Wonderful. <laughs> Whoa. No, there's nothing more foodies watching movies than the name Kevin Bacon. Can I just For say real? that right I know. Now? And you know what? Do you remember a few years ago, we were driving past that uh, farm, Fair Oaks Farm, mm-hmm. and they were having the Kev- like the, the bacon, bacon Fest. Bacon yeah. Fest. And they had Kevin Bacon's <laughs> band playing there. Oh, this yeah, place is right. like 20 minutes south oh, of my house. We had to miss it for something. We had a show oh, or something. I think we had a gig that day and we yeah, couldn't go. I think it was. I was so disappointed. <laughs> and everybody in my town was talking about it. Like, oh my God, Kevin Bacon's going to be there. Kevin Let's go bacon. see it. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's here. Do you know Kevin Bacon's here? Okay, I just flipped open this book and it says "Bringing Home the Bacon" and it has a picture of Miss Piggy on it. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, the other and kind she of is bacon. Like a, what you talking Open about? Open it up, Miss Piggy. Wow. Go into it. What's I that section about? Let's see. Do we need to mark these pages? This this book though is six degrees of Kevin Bacon and it's testing yourself. Test yourself against the masters of the game. So basically, they give you challenges, and you have to try to link specific celebrities to Kevin Bacon. And this chapter is all just pig actors, (laughs) sort of a subset of the animal kingdom, sort of a class in itself. (laughs) So you have to connect Miss Piggy to Kevin Bacon. Uh, You have to connect Babe to Kevin Bacon. You have to connect the singing pigs from Mary Poppins. To Kevin Bacon, <laughs> and you have to connect Wilbur to, to Kevin Bacon. Wow! I feel like this should try to this should be like a challenge that we should offer to our mm. listeners on f- Facebook. We've got some. There's some creative work to be done here for sure. Yeah, some of these other chapters include Super Bacon, where you have to uh, connect Superman. Uh, they yeah, like for example, it says Superman was in Superman with Gene Hackman who was in Mississippi Burning with Willem Dafoe, who was in Platoon with Johnny Depp, who was in Benny and June with Oliver Platt, who was in Flatliners with Kevin Bacon. Mm. And that's how you do it. That's how the game goes. It's pretty funny. Some of these other chapters are Driving Mr. Bacon, (laughs) Monsters Not Including Those Huge Sandworms from Tremors, (laughs) (laughs) such as the... The example for that is the fly is Jeff Goldblum, who is in the big chill with Kevin Costner. He played the dead guy. Who Ooh, is in fly. Brundle Fly. He was in the big chill with Kevin Costner, who played the dead guy, who is in JFK with Kevin Bacon. And then it gives you a whole list of other movie monsters you have to connect to Kevin Bacon, like the Gremlins, Godzilla, King Kong, the Loch Ness Monster, the Old Blob, and the New Blob. Two separate categories. And Norm the Gnome. 
That's great. That's great. <laughs> Dynamic duos. Like, this is the best fucking book anybody has ever given me. It's so You're welcome. funny. And I'm really pleased about it. Maybe we should have a phone number that some people can call in when we're going to do a foodies episode and have them test their bacon knowledge. Maybe. We'll, we'll brainstorm off air. That way they can't use their fucking phones to Google it two seconds after we Don't post tell it online. Them. Well, it's just true. Come on, it's 2018. <laughs> Who's not going to their fucking Google machine? Ooh, this was another really funny one that I enjoyed uh, looking at. It was Kevin's to Kevin. Kevin to Kevin. You oh, have to Kevin connect all the famous Kevins to Kevin Bacon. Like Kevin Costner was in JFK with Kevin Bacon. A direct link. <laughs> direct link. There must be some more Kevins out there, but these are the people who we could come up with. Give us a Kevin, we'll get him to Kevin. And then they listed Kevin Klein, Kevin Pollock, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Dillon. Don't know who Kevin Dillon is. Mm-mm, I don't know that one. I don't care who that is. I think mm-hmm. Kevin Dillon. Wow, it also has a whole uh, like section in this book that tells you the plots of the movies that Kevin Bacon was in and what year it came out. Wonderful. So it, it tells you everything you want to know about Kevin Bacon's filmography so is right here in my hands, guys. What would be a good month? I hold of bacon? the knowledge. Because hmm, a good bacon month? Probably May, because, yeah. like, when I think of May, I think of, like, Memphis in May, and that's when I think about barbecue the most. Where a legendary bacon. hero named Kevin Bacon. I don't know. I, I don't know. When do we think about bacon? Uh, I guess it could be almost any time, really. I think about bacon on the reg. What about right. Easter? You mean? Easter. <laughs> People have ham, ham on Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Pigs, sure. bacon. We can plan some kind of bacon fest for Easter. I mean, there's lots of movies in there. <laughs> Maybe Anyways. we'll call it the Bacon Bash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually like don't it. know if foodies and, uh, will even be on it during, during Easter. Yeah, but whenever. we will definitely be. We'll be back. Still, we'll still be the going strong in season three. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, that was a really clever buy. I really appreciated it. It's pretty funny, and I'm looking forward to playing it uh, in the future. Same. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get out of here, Mr. Yuhas, I prefaced this earlier. I'm going to throw the softball to you yet again. Now, the last time you were on Foodies, I think that was episode like 16 or 15 or something last year uh, and last season, you suggested Ingrid Goes West to us. I did. We have now fulfilled the prophecy. We've, we watched the movie you suggested, and look at we've had an amazing podcast about it because of it. So I think it's only pertinent that you give us another Homework movie assignment. that you think we should prepare to watch the next time you're here or watch before the next time you're here. So then we can discuss. Yes, and I'm glad that you prefaced this earlier because I had to really think about this one. Yeah, it was one of those things I didn't want to just spring on you so you didn't get <laughs> lost in the, oh shit, I, I, I can't think about right. it. Sarah's cracking up over these pictures of Kevin Bacon. No, I was just cracking up over the over the title of this. This game is called Bacon and Legs. <laughs> and it's like Julia Roberts and uh, I don't know who else. I'm just laughing to myself. Sorry, sorry. All right. Well, Andrew's gonna suggest a movie to us, so let's oh, yeah. uh, let's see what he has to offer. Well, I've gauged the floor on this before, but you know, so that the listeners can hear this, um, this is not going to be as thought provoking, or you know, depending on the viewer, scary or hilarious, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. But another movie that you know, I kind of feel like might go underappreciated. And is also kind of a unicorn, you know, in and of itself. Is actually a movie that's currently in theaters now. Um, a simple favor. Oh yeah, you were telling us about Leo, this movie, starring Anna Ken- Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Which, no judgment on them, but they're just not my cup of tea. So 
The stars, you know, weren't really drawing me in. Um, it's a thr- it's an R-rated thriller, but it looked like nothing that I hadn't seen done. It looked like a bad Lifetime movie based mm. on the trailer. Uh-huh. And that's but just, with way better clothes and b- mm, bigger budget. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's seen the movie, I can tell you right now, it gave me some serious Gone Girl vibes, which is, for, in a, from a thriller, an R-rated thriller standpoint, a much better movie. But... The only reason I went to go see this was because I come to find out, come review, like the review wave washing in, um, it is just as much of a thriller as it is a comedy. Hmm. And in case you don't believe me, it is directed by Paul Feig. Because I was going to say, I almost don't believe you based on watching Ingrid Goes West and how you tried (laughs) to sell that movie to me. You were like, it's so... Funny. Oh my God, you're going to love it. Horrifying. And I was like, oh, I want to take a shower. <laughs> yeah. So, so forgive me for not believing your taste in comedies. <laughs> so I would just like to say real quick to everybody. One, I have an extraordinarily dark sense of humor. So Correct. While Correct. I've, <laughs> seen, I've seen your, your profile or your, your Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> so while, you know, with Inger Goes West, I thought the horrific you know, elements of the movie were funny. Um, the The thing about A Simple Favor is that Paul Feig, who is known for his, you know, comedic movies, he intentionally took what would have been a very basic thriller movie. In fact, if it had just stayed strictly a thriller, I would have given it like a 6 out of 10 on my own personal scale. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is with this movie is that it is actually not about like the horrors of you know um you know how people are and you know it's you know almost like too real like the whole movie if you just look at the the not even the trailer you just look like at the promo like the ads like the pic like the pictures the poster it all looks so flashy and almost superficial and that's just if it was just a thriller it would have been boring but they intentionally um paul feig or whoever was writing this movie intentionally gave anna, anna kendrick these really, really, really quirky um, lines. Um, so it, I would once again evoke that it was awkward humor, mm-hmm. but it wasn't awkward humor like, wow, some it's disgusting, but to me it was hilarious. It was awkward humor much like you would see in like Workaholics or my fave Broad City mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're just it, it's 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 not so much oh my god that's a terrible person it's just surface level why would you say that like wh- who <laughs> why would people say right. that mm. there's no deep motive here like I said the thriller portion is surface level there's nothing actually this whole movie is surface level but mm. because there's so many good lines and then there I would never thought I would ever say this but Anna Kendrick steals the show. And then once it gets into its right, <laughs> now you definitely don't believe me that this movie could possibly exist. Because I, like I said, that nothing about this seemed like it you know, would pique my interest. But you, it's like you just got to watch it. I don't know what else to say but to watch it. But her, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, they just start exchanging these hilarious lines but the thing of it is, is it's not like I'm watching a cartoon. It's like I'm watching a Lifetime original movie, mm-hmm. but with some hilarious, hilarious lines. Okay. <laughs> so it, but like I said, and, and the reviews across the board were phenomenal. Like really? People, yeah, people. Because this movie, based on its trailer, it looked like it was a big piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying. And I was waiting. Going to go to the tomato or. <laughs> 
watch. This is the part where <laughs> the audience is turned against me. And I'm just a big fat <laughs> <Yes>. liar. <gasps> but it's okay. I had pizza today, so whatever. <laughs> but no, I. <laughs> I was, again, nothing, I had no interest in watching this, but the review started coming in, and they're like, no, this is really good, and then I saw it when I found out it was actually just as much as a comedy as it was a thriller, and like I said, this is not going to be, and I promise that, as thought-provoking as Ingrid Goes West, because, I mean, you could just unpack that movie for like two hours, Mm -hmm. but this one- So this is a surface-level movie. But for what it's worth, and I would also like to point out to everybody, when it comes to fun movies, when it comes to the Marvel franchise, when it comes to Fast and Furious, Mm -hmm. when it comes to all those popcorn flicks that are just... Blockbusters. Just completely overrun Hollywood at this point. I gotta say, I don't typically give my stamp of approval or whatever you want to call it on fun movies. This was a great fun movie okay so well i like fun most of the time and and that's just it too i would not classify Hickard goes west as fun no even <laughs> that was not fun that was intense basically near the end of the movie like the close to the middle of the second act it even i start to feel like the dread because mm-hmm. it's like the the cartoonishness of everybody kind of starts to simmer down and it just starts getting too like, real <laughs> really awkward and very real mm-hmm. okay i'm at the tomato or a simple favor fingers crossed 85 <laughs> percent from oh, the tomato meter okay, not bad with that's a 79 percent audience score that is high marks on both sides of the table uh in comparison it's not great but for the type of movie it is that's yeah surprising. right yeah I watched, um, I was scrolling on Facebook the other day <laughs> and I saw an interview, like, um, it must have been like for a press junket for that movie, A Simple Favor, and it was Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick and uh, some dude, ugh, I can't for the life of me think of who they were with, Pro- I think it was somebody from the movie, but they were trying to, um, they were playing a game where Blake Lively had to uh, read tweets that were made and decipher whether they were from Anna Kendrick or her husband, Ryan Reynolds. And they were some really funny tweets. So it made me appreciate Anna Kendrick a little bit more. And she's pretty funny, despite the fact that she bugs. <laughs> she was she was pretty funny. Comparatively speaking, Ingrid Goes West had an 85% on the tomato meter, identical to a simple favor, but only scored a 71% with audiences. It's probably the squeamish feeling you got mm, afterwards. Maybe the movie is a little too real. <laughs> well, but yeah. see, that's just it, though. I would just like to say this um, real quick. You know, even though I found it, I I look at the whole movie in one way. Like I've we've mentioned several times, you know, each person can look at one movie totally differently. Um, even if it makes you squeamish, which I I promise I didn't intend. Um, but you know. Although I find the movie as, a, even though it gets really real near the end, I find it as entertainment. But even if it ends up being a film that's just, you know, thought provoking and just real. And I, <clears throat> I, that's what, that's what a good film is. Yeah. Don't Not, get me wrong. This mm-hmm. wasn't a bad movie. This right. was oh, a, no. this was a great film. This was a really, 
interesting, clever, important movie. And that's what I yeah. said too. I was like, I, I looked at Sarah and Veronica as they were just like sliding to the chair, just like, oh, this is just gross. Oh my God, this is nerve wracking. It's not because like, we hated it. It was uh-huh. because we knew we like, it was really a relatable movie mm-hmm. and it was really real. A train wreck of reality. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like when you're, when you, when you can see it and you're, you're on the level or something, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're above, I don't want to say above like the surface, but when you look deeper into things, it was an intense movie. Yeah. And you got to remember we're ladies. Like that's how bitches are. Sometimes we, I hate to be, we've met women like Ingrid Mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Like I, I know, I know I I currently know several women like that, you know, like it's, that's why I just, I try to just, be as nice to people as I can and be as genuine with people as I can. Mm-hmm. And I try not to let shit affect me, like things that I see online or interactions I have, because honestly, I feel like if I just turn my phone off, um, they, none of it would even be real. You know, right. it's mm-hmm. all of these things are just happening in my phone, you know? Right. I mean, a lot of bad shit happens to me in real life, but in in context of this movie, like... That's you can't point. get your ass kicked by the elite foreign Pokemon if you don't turn the cartridge on, right? Yeah, what you said. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's a movie I want to suggest before we get on here that is going to, by the time this actually releases, the movie will have been out for a couple days, but I'm, I I guarantee you're going to have a reaction and know exactly what I'm talking about. I cannot wait to see Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, that looks interesting. Uh, I have seen trailers for uh, that. Jeff Bridges and uh, Chris Hemsworth, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm are in the movie. Is, uh, that, is that a Tarantino movie? No. Because it looks it, like it should be. It's mm-hmm. Drew right? Goddard. But it's not. Yeah. The guy who did the first season of Daredevil, Drew Goddard. That's Ooh. interesting. And uh, it, the 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 uh, synopsis reads, Seven strangers, each with a secret to bury, meet at Lake Tahoe's El Royale, a rundown hotel with a dark past. Over the course of one fateful night, everyone will have a last shot at redemption before everything goes to hell. Jeff Bridges, Chris Hemsworth, John Hamm, Dakota Johnson, and Cynthia Erivo lead an all-star cast at Bad Times at the El Royale. Release is October 12th, which has already passed for those of you listening, and is a rated R. I like hotel movies. Mm-hmm. And right. right now it has, uh, from tomato reviewers who have seen the film, 79%. So... We'll see how it uh, hmm. shakes out once everything's all said and done. Is there anything else anybody wanted to suggest or uh, say they wanted to uh, recommend? No. Not me. No, I think Not it's me. A good no. All right. Well, I think we should adjourn this uh, episode of Foodies Watching Movies. As always, folks, you can check out Foodies Watching Movies at the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Make sure to get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and Spotify. All you got to do is search Journey into Comics Network. Subscribe there. Get all the shows on our network. Lastly, you can go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a dollar for early access and exclusive content, meaning as soon as this episode is edited, you guys are the first to hear it. Yuhas, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on again. Dude, it was, it was great to have you back. Sarah, it was great to have you two weeks in a row now. Mm-hmm. Breaking records. You're podcasting more. I suppose so. I like it. It's good. <laughs> it's great. V, did you have anything else? No, nah, I'm good. This was the. I'm still like chewing on all this pizza. We left it here, and I've just been snacking. <laughs> it's like staring us in the it face. It is my favorite. Definitely. Hey, and you can't have a. I, I believe last season too, 
uh, episode two was a pizza house of pizza episode. Maybe that'll just continue to be so, our tradition. I guess that's our episode two tradition now. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Foodies Watching Movies. This is season three, episode two. A lot to chew on. I've been Nate. I'm Veronica. Sarah. And Andrew. And we will see you guys later. Eat fearless.